Thank you. Thank you. Revelation 14 and 3. I am not going to preach prophetically as Brother Urshan just because I'm reading out of Revelation. And that's what you immediately think about when you hear a text read out of the book of Revelation. And yet it is somewhat prophetic. Revelations 14 and 3. And then Revelation 15 and 3. Same verse, different chapter. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders and no man could learn that song. Now I'm not stopping there to do away with an important truth but it would rather emphasize what I'm going to talk to you about tonight. And let me read that far again. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders, and no man could learn that song. Revelations 15 and 3. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. In both verses, the third verse of chapter 14, they sung a new song. The third verse of chapter 15, and they sing the song of Moses and the Lamb. You may be seated. In the Sunday morning services at our church, when the one in charge of the preliminaries makes the announcements for the day and also for the rest of the week. He invariably says something on this wise. Choir practice, 5.30. Prayer meeting, 6.30 Evangelistic service 7 and So from the announcements that are made in my church on Sunday morning I am entitling the last message that I will preach to you in this 1980 camp by one of those announcements, choir practice, 5.30. Choir practice, 5.30.
That may seem a bit unusual, but you follow me just for the next little while. As you have learned, I will not probably keep you too long. The book of Revelation is one of the greatest of all books. It does not uh, go beyond any other book as far as supernatural inspiration, but it is a great book. Most fail to read it because it is not easily understood. But I would remind you, as you need to be reminded, that in the forepart of this book, somewhere near the beginning, there is a verse of scripture that says, you will receive a blessing just by reading the book. And though you may not understand all that you read, also remember this statement that was made in the earthly ministry of our Lord. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Ask, and ye shall receive. So when you come to a place that you may not quite understand, you will want to knock. And it's very possible that the door will be open to you. The fourth part of the book of Revelation, especially the second and the third chapters, deal with the messages to the seven churches. And of course, I will not go into the detail of that. Coming to the end of the third chapter and at the beginning of the fourth chapter, there John is told, or he sees, a door that is opened in heaven. And following the opening of this door, he is shown a preview of what was made manifest through that open door. And he says, I looked. He didn't look back to the mainland from whence he had been dragged and taken and bought, brought by boat to the Isle of Patmos. He didn't care about the mainland. But he looked upward. And one look wasn't enough. He looked again and again. And because he looked, he was invited to come and see. Come on up, John. Come on up. Praise God. And briefly, he saw a throne set in heaven. He saw one that sat on that throne. And he saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a sealed book. He saw heavenly beings and he saw earthly ones. In the act of worship, worship, worship of the Lamb, they were singing, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb. I want to talk to you about singing just for a few moments because this is choir practice 530. Choir practice. I want to learn a new song. 
Hallelujah. Though Satan, as someone has said already, has invaded the ranks of the glory place and taken out of it its singing, its worship, its dancing, and transposed it out there in the world. Singing is the language of triumph, of victory. Even when you are in sorrow for a time, and your song is in the minor key, and it pours forth out of your soul like a funeral dirge. And when hope sings in sackcloth, for that's a sign of great sorrow, suddenly we fling aside that sackcloth. We change from the minor to the bold major chords. And we sing triumphantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Nathaniel Urshan, our general superintendent, tells of the conference in Northeast India. And you've heard him tell it. When he and Sister Urshan were there with Brother Harrisism, and those Indians sitting on the ground by the hundreds and yea thousands, all dressed in white. They didn't have to have chairs nor pews, but they worshiped. They worshiped in dance and they worshiped in song. Brother Urshan says that one night spontaneously, they all broke forth singing together spontaneously in a heavenly language. Singing in tongues. Every one of them singing the same thing. Oh, I would have liked to have been there. But Brother Sism said to us one day, would you like to see a film? When we were at headquarters, we said yes. His movie camera had the sound system attached to it that not only took the picture but picked up the sound. So when it began to unroll there on the screen, it was that service. It was those people. And we not only saw them, but we heard them as they broke forth singing a heavenly language. Oh, I've heard people sing in tongues, but oh, I don't suppose I've ever been where an entire congregation would break forth singing in an unknown tongue at one time. Everybody singing the same thing. That would have to be God. Hallelujah. But singing is the language of victory. And songs are the soul's language sung to the unseen. And as I said a while ago, just as the vessels of the temple were taken out and desecrated, so were the harps of God. The instruments, they've been desecrated, but oh, we claim them for our own use. Praise God. David said, and I didn't understand this for some time. He said, thy statutes, now hear me, 
Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. Psalms 119.54. Now, I immediately thought, well, statutes are things fixed, decreed, set, which cannot be otherwise. Certainties, eternal realities. Today, when you say statute, you say law. Law. And the house of my pilgrimage meant that he was in a pilgrim state with this house as a temporary abode. So when he said, Thy certainties, thy fixed things, Thy laws have been my songs in the changing course of my pilgrimage. He was saying a mouthful. Hallelujah. For we are called legalists anyway. But oh, I can say tonight that the law is my song in the changing pilgrimage down here in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Songs in the night and songs in the storm. Thy statutes anchor my soul within the veil, sure and steadfast. The song is the soul's voice of trust singing the statutes amid the crumbling of earth's sand-built castles. It's the law that sings. Hallelujah. Now, we're a great big choir. I'm the temporary choir director. And we're in choir practice. You're going to stay with me? Amen. Amen. Because we've got to practice down here. If we're going to sing a new song. Amen. Praise God. We've got to practice. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to go over to the piano. That's the reason why I wanted this uh, chord. You know, uh, choir director has to teach a little bit of rudiments and theory and I used to teach piano and uh, we got to learn something tonight if we're going to learn this new song. You going to stay with me? All right, let me give you a brief piano lesson, will you? Amen. So all of you can go back home and play the piano for your church. Amen. Praise God. All you've got to know is how to count to eight. Amen. And, and know your ABCs to G. You got that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Now, if you know that much, then you're ready for your first lesson. Amen. And you can learn a lot if you apply yourself. Amen. Now, the piano has a lot of white keys and a lot of black keys. And they look to some like a big mystery, but they really aren't. 
I don't know just exactly how many notes I used to know, but I don't play the piano that much anymore. And I've forgotten just how many notes. It doesn't make any difference, just so you know the notes. But really, the piano is divided into two sections. And it's easy to, for me to tell you tonight, choir, you're a choir now, and I'm going to give you a little bit of rudiments. Get that bored look off your face. Amen. We're going to learn. Amen. We're going to learn. All right? Amen. A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. You got that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. All right? The piano is divided into two sections. And the easiest way for me to tell you how to find out the division is that look at the black notes. And there are two black notes and there are three black notes. And then there are two black notes and there are three black notes. Just all over the keyboard. They're in groups of twos and threes. The first white note on the left hand side of the two black key notes is called C. And that's called middle C if it's near the name of the piano. And this is a Story and Clark piano. So I have found middle C, the first white note on the left hand side of the two black key notes. Everything to the left of this note is bass, baritone, basso, profundo, and uh, all of the low notes. Everything to the right are the lyrics, the high sopranos, and the altos. Amen. Got it? All right. Stay with me. Amen. We're going to learn a song. Amen. C. C. All right. Now, I can start on C and count up eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I've got to see again. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. D, E, F, G, A, B, C. D, E, F, G, A, B, C. There's only seven notes, really. From C to the next C, which is called the eighth note, but strangely enough, that eighth note, when you reach it, becomes the first note again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now, if you're used to shape notes, it's do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. From number one to number eight, it makes an octave. The first note and the eighth note are the same. I don't care where you start. Amen. And they make an octave. Amen. And they give us the keynote to which the operation of the other six that are in between are going to operate. Whatever note you're on, you have an octave. Now you look bored. All right. All right. Now, there are a lot of chords. I'm not going into all of that. I'm going to be, be through here in about two minutes. Right here. 
Now there are a lot of chords, and you and you and you got to get these chords because you got to get your harmony now. You're in choir practice. I tell you, we're going to learn a new song. Amen. There is one particular chord beside the, the major chord. Then you have the minor chord. Then you have the seventh chord. And then you have the diminished chord. Then you have the augmented chord. And then all those other new chords that I haven't learned yet. And that's the reason why I haven't played for you because the, the style of playing has changed so much. So much. Oh, I don't play. piano solos anymore they don't play like that anymore that's that goes way back to the days of stamps amen all right the minor chord now there's several minor chords there's the melodic minor where you lower the third one half step there's the harmonic minor where you lower the third in the minor where you lower the third the sixth and the seventh and then there is the relative minor now now you're getting your lessons good because because we're, we're, we're going to sing amen amen the relative minor of any key is the sixth note one two three four five six the key of c c d e f g a is the relative minor. That means that it has the same key signature and that there are no sharps or flats in it and it is the same as the key of C. All right, all right, amen. Now go home and play for your church choir. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Gave you a piano lesson, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I've said all of that to say this. There really are only seven notes, but we come to the eighth note, which becomes the first note all over again. And you cannot end a song on the seventh note. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. It cries out for the eighth or the first, doesn't it? Amen. You can't end on the seventh. It calls for the eighth note, which immediately becomes the first. I can see it written all over your faces. You understand everything that I have said to you. But if you are totally uninterested in music, the same thing works the same way with days. Amen. The first day of the week, count down to eight and it becomes the first day of the week and count eight and it becomes the first day of the week. 
If you start on Tuesday, count Tuesday. When you get to eight, you'll be back to Tuesday again. Amen. And uh, so if you're not interested in music, the same thing works in days. Now, getting down to business here. Jesus died on the sixth day. All right, what did I tell you a while ago? The sixth is the relative minor. He died on the sixth day, which is the relative minor of the first day of the week. Amen. But on the eighth day, which becomes the first day, he arose from the grave and he began a brand new octave. Oh, hallelujah, of salvation song. He said, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the first and I am the last. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Now, all of this that I'm telling you tonight about the days and the numbers and the sevens and the eights was all prefigured thousands of years before in acts, in facts, and in sacrifices. Aaron and his sons waited a full seven days at the door of the tabernacle. And I don't know why the scripture called it the eighth day because it was really the first day again. But the scripture says in Leviticus that on the eighth day, the Lord revealed himself in glory. It was the eighth day that the lepers were cleansed. The feast of the first fruits and the feast of Pentecost and take seven times seven and multiply it and you come out with 49 and then you go to the next day which is 50 which is the first day again and it is the year of Jubilee hallelujah and it all is based upon seven times seven is 49 and the next year is the 50th year which becomes the year of Jubilee the eighth day is always the return to the first you can neither begin the scale nor end the scale without both one and eight a one and eight now oh you look so bored David said thy statutes are the songs of mine in the land of my pilgrimage. I have just displayed to you that music is one of the most rigid law-abiding things that we know about. Music is so orderly 
and so filled with law hallelujah and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus gives the soul the freedom they talk about being legalistic if suddenly every light in this building went out and if suddenly there was no lights that came in from the windows on the sides and it was black as pitch in here tonight I could walk over to that piano and with not a ray of light I could sit down at that piano after some 40 years of law rigid law I could play any song that I knew amen without having to see a single note on that piano now let me tell you something they may call us legalistic and they may say we have a lot of statutes but darkness hasn't settled down upon them yet and when it does settle down they're going to be so confused that they won't even know where middle C is but you and I have had preaching like we've had this morning and prophecy like we've had in the afternoon until when the darkness settles down upon us we can still sing and play our songs because we have learned that music is statutes and statutes is music oh. hallelujah hallelujah praise God Amen. They give classes now on how to talk in tongues. And you know, you know how they do it? They say, take the vowels, A, E, I, O, and U, and add some ahs and O's, and say it kind of like this, A-I-O-U-A-E-I-O-U-A-I-E-I-O, and you're talking in tongues. But when the darkness settles down, they're not going to know you from A. Because all they've got is what they got out of that class. But there's not an individual here tonight in this service that came to a Pentecostal altar and sought for tongues. You sought for the Holy Ghost. And when you got the Holy Ghost, the tongues came along with it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen, amen. Oh yeah. Praise God. I don't know when I've ever been in such a choir practice. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But we're not practicing tongues now. Remember, that has to come when you get the Holy Ghost. And that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. 
Now, as someone has said, probably there are some who genuinely receive, but it will lead them. Amen. Because they've got to know law. They've got to have statutes. Amen. I don't care what the world out there is saying about us. I am settled down in a place. Amen. When I went back to Nashville, Tennessee, that uh, does away with anything that smacks of law. And they say when I tell a person that they cannot come upon my pulpit to sing with cut hair or painted faces, that I am a legalist. But I'm telling you this, that I have learned that they can sing their songs in the time of darkness when they learn how to obey the pastor and when they stay off of the things of, that are sacred and relative to God's work when they are not really sanctified nor consecrated to do it. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, oh my. Oh my. got one of those ladies, uh, you know, that's deeply engrossed in that, and she calls every once in a while, and we know with the sound of her voice that it's going to be an hour and a half when she gets on the phone, and, and uh, we do everything to try to get away from it, uh, short of not answering the phone, thinking it might be her. But anyway, the other day, I happened to walk in the house first, and, and the phone was ringing, and it was this lady, and she said, Brother Beckton, I want you to pray for me over the phone. And uh, she told me what her need and problem was. And then she got off on another tangent, as they so often do. And she was just going here and there, and I couldn't keep up with her. And about that time, my wife walked in. I just handed her the receiver and just walked away. And it didn't make any difference to that woman. She, was, she didn't care who she was talking to. Anyway, she said, oh, 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 I forgot. I was going to have Brother Beckton, but you're all right. You pray for me. And my wife said, all right, I'll pray for you. She started praying for her on the phone. And I sat there just dying laughing. I tell you, I was dying laughing. I said, when she, when she got through, she said, you know what she wanted me to do? She said, before I, when I finished praying, she said, now talk in tongues so I can interpret, so I can know what I'm supposed to do. And my wife said, well, uh, 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 honey, I don't, I, don't, I don't talk in tongues just, just like that. It's easy to talk in tongues when you get in the spirit of prayer, grant you, but she said, I don't do things just like that for you to interpret. And I was still dying laughing. I was dying laughing. I said, you know, you know what you was praying for? I said, that woman told me what she wanted me to pray for. She's got a cow. And she didn't know whether she should move it from one pastor to another. And she wanted you to give out a message so she could interpret it and understand whether she was supposed to move her cow from one pastor to another. And I just bowed over laughing. But that's how it gets. They don't know that thy statutes are my songs in the land of my pilgrimage. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. 
Well, I'm getting off my subject. Amen. If you want harmony, you're going to have the most rigid set of rules. Amen. I'm talking about piano now. It's got to be the major chord is the first, third, and fifth. It can't be anything else. Amen. And the minor chord is the first, lower, the third, and the fifth, and it can't be anything else. Amen. The seventh chord is the first, the third, the fifth, and the seventh, Lord, one half step, and it can't be anything else. Amen. And you cannot get into heaven unless you have obeyed the laws that are going to make up for a great choir that's going to sing in harmony. They sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts of the elders. And no man can learn that song. Amen. Amen. You know the reason why they, they learned it? While they were singing it, they were redeemed. No man can learn it but the redeemed. You know, my best angel chum can't sing my song of grace because he was not at choir practice. Amen. My best angel friend, he can't sing in that heavenly choir because he never wept. He never sorrowed. He never sinned. He never mourned over the poor, pale, cold face of a loved one. He never stood on the porch and yearned over a prodigal son to return or a prodigal daughter. He never writhed in the agonies of guilt as I did. So he can't learn this song that I'm learning in choir practice. I'm still learning it. I'm still learning it. But oh, when we sing redemption story, they're going to have to fold their wings because they have never felt the joys that our salvation brings. Hallelujah, hallelujah. First Sunday of June it was. I was preaching a homecoming down in Waldo, Arkansas. The home of Brother Gary Bishop. Just as I started preaching the phone, I could hear it ringing and somebody answered it. And then when I finished preaching, they said, Brother Beckton, that phone call was for you. And it sounded like that it was your, your son. Of course, Brother Ron Beckton is my assistant pastor. And I sat down at the phone and began to try to get him back. And I couldn't, and we had to leave immediately, was driving back home, and I'd stop ever so often along the interstate and get to a phone. I, I thought it was just maybe a routine call, but didn't realize what it was going to be. And as we neared Little Rock, and uh, I finally got through to him, he said, Dad, Rudy is really sick. Something is, and that's my oldest boy, something has happened. And I said, do you think I need to be there? He said, as fast as you can. And the master choir director pointed over at me and about that time and said, Cleveland, I want you to learn the solo part. Well, what am I going to do to learn it? 
you're going to go through three weeks of nothing but agony over the sickness of your oldest boy. I said, oh God, let somebody else sing that part. But he said, no, you're going to practice it until you get it. And I want you to know I wasn't ready to practice because practice is hard work. Practice is arduous. I've been through it all on the piano. I know it's not easy to practice. And it wasn't easy for me to step in the home of my oldest boy and see the sick condition that he was in and rush with him to the emergency room when nobody else knew what to do. And uh, prayer seemed to be just closed against us and we rushed with him to the emergency room and and he said in his his condition he said now daddy what are you going to do with all of your message and all of your teachings now and I said son I'm still going to teach it just like I've always taught it I'm going to preach it just like I've always preached it Amen, amen, amen. And for three weeks, he was in that hospital. And I want you to know, I learned, I learned a song that I had never sung before. Amen, amen. I'm still practicing it. Amen, I'm not over it yet. Because I don't know whether he's completely touched and healed or not. And there's a nagging sensation in the back of my mind. And I'm afraid that I haven't learned it well. But God, I'll practice it again. If it need be that I could sing that solo part that you want me to sing in that heavenly choir. Gotta learn it down here. Gotta learn it down here. Oh my God. Don't have enough time. Gotta stop. Amen. 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 You and I are in choir practice tonight. Amen. I see it on some of your faces. God pointed to you too and said you had a solo part. And he gathered together a family of four or five and said I want you to sing quartet or sextet. You're going to step to the microphone, God said, when I point to you, and you're going to sing uh, that new part that you practiced on down in the earth. Amen. When you stood by the bedside of a loved one and saw them breathe their last. Amen. And you opened your mouth to sob, but instead there was a song that I placed in your heart, a song in the night. God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. I wondered what the relation was to Revelations 15 and 3 when it said a song of Moses. But then I turned over to the book of Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter. Amen. And for 43 verses, Moses sings to the Israelites. 
He says, give ear, O ye heavens. Amen. And he's going to sing a song about God. And that song he taught to the Israelites at the choir rehearsal at the end of their pilgrimage to sing in the land of their inheritance. It was a song of God's dealing with them. It was a song of their redemption from their enemy and their bondage. And it was a song giving them liberty to serve God. It was a new song and no other man could learn that song because they weren't going to be redeemed. Amen. And no one else could understand it. That song that Moses sang contained history and statute and judgment and counsel and warning. It was the first chapter of redemption story. It was written down here in the bass cliff. Amen. Amen. But when the seven notes were ended, amen, we started on middle C with Jesus. Hallelujah. And he began a nuke octave. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. When we reach the Lamb, you know it's Moses and the Lamb we're singing about. Amen. David took parts of Moses' songs and used it in, in the Psalms. They sang those songs in the temple and in Jerusalem. It was rehearsed by the lamp's pale glimmer and of the candle burning in the socket. But now, when the sun had folded itself, amen, and the Lamb, the Lamb is going to be the light thereof. It's going to be sung without the benefit of any kind of natural light, but it'll be a supernatural light. That song is going to have meaning. The problems that you've sighed over, the events that took the bloom out of your life, the days of your struggles and fears, amen, and your failures, you're going to go through from now on until the rapture of the church as we look back over all the way that God has led us to this blessed promised land. It's going to be a brand new song. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. I want you to note, and I'm hasting, they didn't learn it after they entered heaven. They entered heaven because they learned it down here on this earth. Nothing can enter that song that defileth. There's no discord. You're going to have to get it perfect. And if he sends another trial, that's just tuning your vocal cords up just a little tighter so they can blend in perfect harmony. It's going to be tuned perfectly. We're in choir practice right tonight and tomorrow when you go home and Sunday if the Lord tarries, your practice is going to be hard and arduous. The finger scales are going to be painful and the voice modulation is not going to be easy. We may have it imperfect now, but when we get over there and he says, come on choir. And he's going to be the director of that choir. Amen. Amen. When he says, come on, choir, we're going to sing, Worthy is the Lamb. Ooh. Worthy is the Lamb. Amen. Amen. We've got to practice our individual parts and know them well. We must not forget the assembling of ourselves together for rehearsal.
choir director will let us person sing in the choir on Sunday night that didn't come to choir practice. Amen. 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 You don't want choir practice? I'm telling you, you are either in it or as Brother uh, uh, the, the superintendent said this morning, uh, let's see the back of your shirt flapping in the breeze. Amen. Because choir practice is, is, is arduous. It, it, it's hard. Amen. And trials and tests that comes your way. And we've got to practice our individual parts. I want, you, I want to know tonight, are you learning the song? Amen. Are you learning the theory? Are you learning the harmony? Are you learning the rudiments? Are you learning the laws? Are you obeying your pastor? Are you learning how to live and submit one to another? Amen. Sounds like somebody's still a little bit flat. Amen. So we got to keep on rehearsing. Keep on rehearsing. Amen. When the thousands of thousands and ten thousands upon ten thousands, the innumerable number, come together to sing before the throne. And when the choir rehearsal is complete, and we take our part in the chorus of redemption, we're going to sing that new song. to learn? Amen. Sister Becton? Amen. We've got to practice. Amen. Praise God. In the key of three flats. She knows exactly what I mean when I say three flats. Amen. Isaiah 43 and 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Amen. I want all of you who have lost a companion, a child, a parent, I want all of you to stand. We're going to learn your part first. Now this is the line that you're going to sing. The rest of you remain seated. We're practicing now. This is what you're going to sing. Take it from Isaiah 43, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And this is your line, some through the waters. Everybody say it. Some through the waters. You've lost a companion, a child, or a parent. And this is the way it goes. Some through the Waters. Now sing that with me. Some through the waters. Somebody's off key. You didn't practice enough. Do it one more time. 
just like you did it before, only get in tune. does like this that means volume volume come on sing it one more time all right don't forget it all of you who are right now sick in body or you have an affliction I want you to stand because Isaiah said when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And your line is some through the flood. Amen. Got it? Let's do the first part again. you to stand. Amen. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And your line is some through the fire. I'm sure by now for the next line is for everybody the whole choir this is the crescendo amen but all
bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created them for my glory. Just a little while. 